Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. Dearest brothers and sisters in Christ, today we hear St. Paul speaking to the Corinthian community, a group of early Christians living in the city of Corinth during the first century AD. The city of Corinth was a bustling commercial and cultural center in Greece known for its diverse population, wealth, and influence. However, it was also known for its moral laxity, philosophical debates, and religious pluralism, all of which were having an impact on the Christian community there. Paul established the community in Corinth during his second missionary journey, spending about a year and a half there according to Acts 18. He preached the gospel and formed a congregation composed of both Jewish and Gentile believers. However, after Paul left Corinth to continue his missionary work, he received reports of various issues plaguing the community. In fact, several substantial areas of division and strife affected the Corinthian church. The first was around leadership. In his first epistle, which we're reading from today, right from the opening chapter, we hear the following from St. Paul. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it's been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So here he's addressing this division over who's leading the church. And this had led to rivalries and quarrels within the community. Second, there were ethical divisions. There was a particularly scandalous case of a man living with his father's wife that's discussed in chapter 5. But there were other issues that Paul addresses, like having the disputes amongst the members of the church brought before the civil courts instead of under, figuring it out amongst themselves. And third, there were key worship disputes. For example, we know that the Corinthians were enthusiastic about their spiritual gifts, but their lack of understanding led to misuse and chaos in their gatherings. The church had instances of disorder during their worship, with everyone wanting to exercise their spiritual gifts simultaneously, creating confusion and disarray. We also know that the Corinthian church failed to celebrate the Eucharist sometimes in a manner that reflected its significance, with some people overindulging while others went hungry. And so this is the context in which Paul is speaking to them today in the 15th chapter of the same letter. As you recall, an important part of what Paul had to do to establish himself as an apostle and a true spiritual father of the Corinthian church. And he does this forcefully in chapter 9, rhetorically asking them, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I'm not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. But here in today's epistle reading, he, we see he takes an interesting approach. First, he seeks to establish unity in the Corinthian church by centering them on the gospel, which is, of course, centering them on Jesus Christ and his death for our sins, his resurrection, and how he overcomes our last enemy, which is death. 
but he also establishes leadership through humility, saying the last of all, then last of all, he, Paul, well, the last of all, he, Jesus, was seen by me, Paul, also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And even more humbly than this, has not, that this has nothing to do with him, but comes from God himself. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. Yes, Paul labored more abundantly than they all, but, but yet not Paul, but the grace of God, which was in Paul. This, of course, connects directly to our gospel today. Where in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus presents a parable that serves as a timeless lesson of humility. Two men, a Pharisee and a tax collector, go to the temple to pray. The Pharisee, confident in his righteousness, prays with a heart full of pride, boasting about his deeds and comparing himself to others. On the other hand, the tax collector stands at a distance, unwilling to raise his eyes to heaven, beating his breast in remorse, and cries out humbly for mercy. From this parable, we learn that true humility begins with recognizing our unworthiness before God. The tax collector's humility led to his justified exaltation before God. His sincere repentance was pleasing to God. For as David says in Psalm 50, it is the broken and contrite heart that the Lord does not despise. Paul likewise understood this lesson of the Lord and shows us the way to lead in church. We lead by being humble servants. Of course, this is the uniting message, a message that the Corinthians really needed to hear. They needed to humble themselves to become a well-established Christian community, to become a leader in their Corinthian, wider Corinthian community. And Paul put Christ in front of them as that unifying quality. And of course, we know that Christ shows us how the humble servant can save the entire world. In the heart of both passages lies what we know as the wisdom of the cross, a wisdom that's completely counter to everything of the world. That is the humility of Christ crucified. In his opening words to the Corinthians, Paul acknowledges that the message of the cross may seem foolish to the world, but it is the power of God unto salvation. The cross challenges the world's standards of strength and wisdom and points to the divine paradox that God's weakness is stronger than the strongest human strength. Likewise, the humility of the tax collector in Luke's parable reflects the posture we should adopt before the cross, recognizing our need for grace, casting aside our self-righteousness, and embracing the mercy offered to us through Christ's sacrifice. The cross calls us to a humility that transforms our lives and brings us into deeper union with God and one another. So let us embrace the gospel, the heart of which lies in Christ's death and resurrection. Just as Paul reminded the Corinthians, we too should firmly grasp this foundation for it's in Christ's victory over death that we find hope, purpose, and eternal life. Take time this week to reflect on the significance of Christ's resurrection in your life Anchor your faith in this truth and allow it to shape your perspectives, decisions, and actions. 
share the gospel with others, inviting them into the transformative power of Christ's resurrection. Regularly examine your heart for pride and self-righteousness. Practice sincere repentance, acknowledging your need for God's mercy and forgiveness. Approach your prayers and worship with a humble heart, recognizing God's holiness and your dependence on his grace. Seek to cultivate a spirit of humility in your interactions with others and before God. Be quick to admit your mistakes and weaknesses, recognizing that God's grace is more than sufficient to cover them. Embrace the truth that God's grace is a gift freely given to all who come to him in humility. Refrain from measuring your worth based on how you perceive others. Instead, turn your eyes inward and focus on your own growth and development. Replace judgmental attitudes with compassion and understanding, recognizing that we all stand in need of God's mercy. Never forget that our salvation is not a transaction, but a transformation. The gospel does not demand constant perfection from us and instead invites us to accept God's perfect love and grace that he freely gives us. As we reflect on these passages today, let each of us develop a deep sense of humility and cast ourselves upon the boundless mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.